The Chicago Bulls get another win over the San Antonio Spurs, another game by playing as a complete team. But are the Bulls' inability to close out games going to come back to bite them in their ass later down the road? We'll talk about that, plus the Bulls' pace and how they've been betterly improving, and Zach Levine. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go and talk about this uh, game against the San Antonio Spurs. And so the Bulls get a win over the team with a complete team game. And and that's the way that we like to see the team play, right? When you look at the balance attack, the fact that we had seven players in uh, in double figures, the fact that, you know, Ayo DeSumo stepped up hugely both off the bench and in the starting role coming into the second half due to Kobe White having to get stitches. Now he eventually comes back, but Ayo DeSumo started off that second half. And Vooch and, and Ayo really led this team in a lot of ways in this game. When you look at Nikola Vucevic, 24 points, 16 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks. He was 10-7 from the field. Ayo DeSumo goes 8-9 of nine from the field, 2 of 2, I'm sorry, 3 of 3. From three-point range with 21 points, uh, two rebounds, four assists, and one steal. And the brand of defense that Ayo DeSumo has been playing here lately has just been astronomical. It's been great to see Ayo DeSumo play with the confidence he's been playing with. And like I said over on the post-game show, it was me, C-Dub, uh, Steve-O, and Kev. And that post-game shows that Ayo DeSumo is turning into one of those players, has become one of those players that always finds a way to impact the game. Sometimes it's going to be scoring. Sometimes it's going to be defense. Sometimes it's going to be a mixture of both. Sometimes it's going to be his passing and how he gets the team out in transition. But I really like the minutes that Ayo DeSumo gave the Chicago Bulls uh, last night as well. He also DeMar DeRozan with 20 points. He goes 8 of 19 for 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 20, and 20 points overall. Zach Levine only 3 of 8 with 10 points, but he did other things. 7 assists in that game, 6 rebounds, 1 steal from Zach Levine. And then uh, Kobe White, 6 of 13, 0 from 3 from 3-point range. Not too concerned about that right now, though. 2 rebounds, 4 assists, 15 points. Then the Alice Crusoe goes 3 of 5 from the field with 11 points as well. Like I said, overall, this team, they, they took care of business. They, they shot the ball 51% from the field and 30 or more assists for the third straight game in a row, right? That's not anything that's easily done or should be overlooked at all. Now, there are some signs for concern uh, in, in, with this team and the way that they play kind of down the stretch and not able to close out uh, games. They had a big lead over the San Antonio Spurs initially. They won that first quarter 35-23. to 23. They won, They lost the second quarter 28-32, to 32, and then 39-31 to 31, did they lose the third quarter, really allowing the Spurs to make this game interesting down the stretch. And that is something that I really like to see from this team as they go forward is to find a way to close out these close games. But outside of that, man, really good minutes across the board. Drum also had 10, and, uh, 10 rebounds, 7 uh, points coming off the bench around from Drummond in 17 minutes. So, you know, he's playing more minutes, which was good to see as well. And this was a game against a 7-31 and 31 win team, right? And so you you want your team to be able to, to take care of business a little bit better than what we've seen the Bulls be able to take care of. We're going to have more on that here in a second. But, you know, uh, Billy Donovan uh, did talk about the game after this, and he said this. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate we, you know, dug ourselves a hole, you know, those first, you know, 15 to 20, 22 games. I feel like we're getting better. I really do. I think we're playing stylistically, you know, how I'd like to see us play and how I think the game should be played. And 
we're sharing the ball. It was another a, a night of 30 assists. We're trying to generate good shots. We're scoring more points. You know, we're doing things. There are times that certainly we can rely on Demar and Zach and Vooch late game. But I like what we're doing. But, you know, we got a tough game against Cleveland coming up. Our schedule, you know, is challenging. And the schedule to start the year is really challenging. So, you know, I, I like what we're doing. I think we're getting better. I think we're improving. And talking about how the team is improving, and they have been, and the stats back that up. When you look at it right now, the Chicago Bulls are on pace to finish the season 41-41. and 41. Now, while that does not sound amazing by any stretch of the imagination, when you look at the fact that we started off the season 5-14 and 14 with a negative 7.2 point differential on pace to only win 24 games on the season, we've now turned that around. We've gone 14-8 and eight, um, in the last 22 games with a point differential of 1.6, and that puts us on pace to win. Well, that was a 45-win pace, but that would mean that we are on pace to win 41 games considering how we started off. We have really turned this season around in a lot of ways, and a big part of that, of course, has been Kobe White. You guys know I like to talk about, um, but o- the overall team playing more as a team and playing more cohesive um, as that unit, moving things around, and that's why it becomes a little bit more concerning when we see the heavy isolation ball, things like that. There was a moment in this game, in the fourth quarter specifically, where the Bulls hadn't scored for almost four minutes. And then on that very next possession, which we know it's going to happen, right? You're going to go to DeMar in situations like that when you can't really uh, score the ball well. But we saw DeMar dribble the ball for 16 seconds of the shot clock and ended on a bad mid-range shot that was heavily contested. We have to get away from that. Yes, there are absolutely going to be moments of DeMar DeRozan doing that. He's the best in the league at that. And we are going to need times of him being able to isolate him being able to either get to the free throw line or make a bucket, but we have to be more consistent in using and varying the attack. Now, again, I'm not holding that that one situation just against it. Like I said, Kobe White got an elbow from Jeremy Sohan and sent him to the back. He needed two stitches in his lip. Um, so, you know, that that thing kind of kind of worked itself out. Zach Levine wasn't really as aggressive uh, last night or shooting the ball a lot. Again, still getting his wind under him. Two overtime games back to back, and this was the second of a of, second of a back to back game. So you know, there's those things that make sense in that this team is playing better. My biggest concern with this team is just you got to finish those games stronger. Now we did have Alice Caruso talk about the game and how the team is finding ways to win, and he said this: "I don't know what we are in our last you know 20, 25 games, but I'm sure it's above 500, um, at least a couple games over. So I'll just keep doing that." You know, I, th- I think we got off to a, a rough start this year. We lost a couple early games, too, that, you know, we're winning now. We won this game that was close late, won two in overtime late, lately. Um, we're finding a way to win, you know, in, in clutch time moments, and, and we didn't find ways to win. And so we're kind of flipping those games um, in our favor, just continuing to be who we are. You know, when we play the way we should, we're a really good team. And so that just comes down to kind of what I'm saying, what my sticking point is on this. I love that the Bulls are winning. Do not get me wrong. I would much rather them win close games against bad teams than lose them, right? And I don't want to overlook the fact that the Bulls are winning. We went 3-1 and one over last week. We're 6-4 and four in our last 10. And I always talk about winning the week, right? That's the most important thing as you're trying to get back to 500. Win the week. That doesn't mean you're going to win every single game. That doesn't mean that, you're, you know, you're going to lose a bunch of games. But if you can win the week, if you have three games, win two of them. If you have four games, win three of them, right? There are going to be some times where you may only be, where you have, you do lose the week, but win that next week, right? Winning the week is the most important thing as a team that's trying to get back to 500 that it hasn't been there in forever, right? But the thing that, that causes the most concern for me personally in watching these games is how tight we allow some of these games that just shouldn't be. We had two OT wins against Charlotte and Houston, which, again, definitely happy that we won those games, but you're letting the Charlotte Hornets push you to OT. 
The Houston Rockets, I'll give you a little bit of credit on that. They're the second-best defensive team in the league. They're gonna, their defense and, brand and coaching is going to get them in some games, right? Then you look at losing a winnable game to the Golden State Warriors. Now, again, I understand losing that game. You're playing against a team that has absolutely been battle-tested for years, damn near a decade at this point. You also The, the fans changed the karma of that game with booing Jerry Krause's, Jerry Krause in front of his spouse, that type of thing. And then we closed out a game against the Spurs. And while I'm happy that we closed the game out against the, the, the San Antonio Spurs, we shouldn't have been in that position because this was a game that we should have bodied them. Now, again, you win the game. That's the most important thing. You beat who's in front of you. I don't care if they're injured. I don't care if they're hobbled. I don't give a damn if they got to trot out the, the freaking Harlem Globetrotters. If that's the team on your schedule, you beat them. I'm always going to appreciate you beating them. But we, the next step in the evolution of this team is really trying, is really finding ways to close out these games so that they're not close. So you don't have to expound that huge number of energy just to win the game. So, you know, that's that, and that's going to happen over time, right? You have to first set the foundation of being a winning team, having a winning play style, which the Bulls have been doing, but then you have to start closing out games. And next week is going to be a rough one for the Chicago Bulls and talk about winning the week. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Toronto Raptors, and the Memphis Grizzlies are as our three games next week. The Cavs always play us close. I know they got some injuries and things like that. The Toronto Raptors have been playing really well here lately. Uh, also, that's that's a team also that historically plays us pretty close, even when we do win games. So you want to definitely take a look at that and how they've been playing. They're 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 four and six in their last ten. They've lost three games in a row. So hopefully, you know, the Bulls are streak busters one way or another, right? But so hopefully we can take care of that of that business that we have, and then the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies are the Memphis Grizzlies this season. It's been a tough go for them so far this season, but you don't want to overlook anybody. And Big Kev said a great point on last night's live stream after the game. It was just, this Bulls team is not in a place where they can take anybody lightly. And truer words have not been spoken, right? That is where this team is right now. You cannot overlook anybody on your schedule. You have to dig in, you have to execute, and you have to play almost like like every game is, is the biggest game that you've played this season. We haven't earned that right to overlook anyone, and hopefully the Bulls can start closing out some of these games better. We can start seeing that. Now, before we get into the mailbag, one last topic, and that's Zach Levine. Um, everybody's watching Zach Levine, of course, because of how he fits in, things like that. Zach Levine's played five games now since his return. He's averaged 16.8 points per game, basically 17, seven rebounds, six assists, right under a steal and right under a block per game. He's shooting the ball 49% from the field and 37% from three-point range. And while those numbers all are solid, right, they're not what we're used to seeing from Zach Levine, especially not the scoring aspect of it. But the thing of the thing that is the intangible of it is that he's continuing to fit in. And a lot of people in last night's game said, I wanted to see Zach be more aggressive. He only took eight shots, right? We, we want to see Zach take more shots in. That's right. And, I am, and I'm not denying that point. But I'm saying right now with Zach Levine trying to find a way to fit into the how this team has changed while he's out, I'd much rather see a Zach Levine that's getting those number of assists, which I think is now his like third game in a row of giving, getting seven assists or, or more. I would love to see Zach Levine keep playing this way more, like I said, more so than him taking a bunch of shots and it disrupting the offense. He's finding a way to fit in, and that is the thing. And like I said on last night's stream as well, we can't critique and, and complain about Zach Levine taking too many shots, and then when he comes back and he's trying to fit in, us then complain about saying, hey, I want him to take more shots. Yeah, you want him to be somewhere in the middle, right? But right now, as he's trying to fit in, I feel like he's going the right way about it, right? And, and you know, whether whatever that means for the trade deadline or not, we're three weeks away for the trade deadline, and I know some people are taking, well, Zach Levine's locked in now because he wants teams to trade for him. Listen, I, I look at it and say this. 
this is the best uh, way for Zach Levine to play. Again, of course, shooting the ball more, no matter what is the future of his team, because that is how a team plays as, as a team and how you can get yours off a little bit better. So, you know, Zach Levine, upon his, since his return, I think he's been playing pretty strong, more strong than weak. Yes, he hasn't been scoring at the same level. Yes, he's, he's still getting his conditioning under him. But I really do enjoy how Zach Levine has embraced fitting in with what this Chicago Bulls team has been doing. And that that's the biggest, biggest plus coming out of that for me. But all right, let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today. We got six of them, I think. This first one, this one's from Mello. Yo, what up, Hayes? This is Mello. Just finished watching the Golden State Bulls game. Good game. I like what I saw in the first half. That third quarter, they just died. But Billy Donovan, I don't, I don't understand this dude. I really don't. The dude, Booth was providing nothing on offense or defense, and you were being out-rebounded. Why not put Dre in the game? This dude was a beast while Booth was gone. A beast. And now he's seeing like 12, 13 minutes a game, and they're getting killed on the board. I don't, I don't, I really don't understand this guy, bro. He made no adjustments. That's why in that third quarter, Golden State went crazy. There was no adjustment to it. They were putting him in a pick and roll every single time. Like, I don't understand where the adjustment doesn't just take place to be okay. When he can easily say, when they're about to do a pick and roll with Boots, let's trap the ball handle. So both guys go. Don't roll. Both guys trap the ball handle because Boots suck on defense. He is horrible. And he on offense, he's five feet from the basket with a mismatch, and he's throwing the ball out to a three-point shooter. Turn around and shoot the ball. It's just that simple. It's easy. But then he does not hesitate to shoot a three. And in the offseason, all he kept saying was he didn't want to be out there shooting three. But that's the only thing that he will take without hesitation. Everybody keeps talking about trade Zach and, or trade DeMar before the end of the season or whatever the case may be. But maybe they should be looking into getting rid of Boots because right now Kobe's playing well. Zach's comeback's playing well. DeMar's playing well. He's not. And if he's not providing offense, what is he really providing? That's all, bro. Billy Donovan not putting the ball in Dre's or putting Dre in the game, uh, in that Warriors game. And here's what I'll say to you. I agree, right? Now, Dre was playing pretty bad. Too. Like, Dre and Vooch were both playing pretty goddamn bad not just uh, uh, rebounding-wise, but defensively as well. And I know we oh, we look at Drummond, he is a much better defender than Nikola Vucevic, but he does have his games as well, where he's whether it's erratic or whatever it is. And yeah, and there's something to be said about it. Maybe if Drum did play more minutes, he could have worked himself into a better rhythm. And I agree with you on that. But I think we also have to look at the fact that Drum just wasn't playing well either in the in that time period, and it really put the Bulls at a disadvantage because what they combined for twelve rebounds in that game. We need and deserve more from those two players, especially when they're playing a team that I think their tallest player was 6'9". Like, we, we got to play better in those type of uh, uh, scenarios. And so, yeah, Billy and Billy Donovan's situational awareness, which we have some voicemails on here later in the show, is just it's, it's, it's lacking at times, right? And, you know, he's, he's, he's a player that – sorry, a coach that really relies on his star, his, his top players. And sometimes you want to see you ride the hot hand and give more players opportunities to grow in those moments for sure. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Uncle Mingo. Hey, what up, nephew? This is Mingo. Uh, you know, when I call, man, I don't like to talk about the trades and who did the deal with. I leave that to my boy, Shay. But uh, just to recap on that uh, Ring of Honor ceremony, last night, came home, I see Twitter lighting up Chicago, IG lighting up Chicago, talking about how, you know, Chicago is a classless <coughs> city, act, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but last night, Stacey King said something live, right? He said, you know, uh, he was disgusted, this, that, and the other. And I love Stacey, but he was disgusted. And uh, no, no, yeah, Jerry may have not shot a rebound. He may not have, I mean, uh, got a rebound, shot a shot, but he brought a lot to Chicago. Real talk, that's a Michael Jordan quote. So 
Don't quote Mike if you ain't gonna shoot Mike down. Uh, Mike got his train. He got people trained out here. Uh, people buying the same shoes. Uh, release after release, the same goddamn Jordan. If Mike tell people, uh, subconsciously, however, not to like Jerry, people are gonna not like Jerry because they like Mike. Uh, I thought about this last night. Uh, the Reinsdorf, they are not Mark Cuban or Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, the Cowboys, people don't want Jerry Jones to sell the team. Chicagoans don't even like the Ryan's door. So why would you want them to like Jerry? Uh, if, if I was getting ready to walk down the alley and I knew it was a damn good chance I was going to get my ass whooped walking down that alley, it's, it's, a, it's a good chance I ain't going to walk down that alley. The Ryan's door knew that was going to happen. For years, everybody hated Jerry. You walked that lady out there to get booed. Whether it was right or wrong, you should have took a poll or something. But you knew Chicagoans don't even like Jerry, Jerry Krause. So why would you walk his wife out there? Uh... I know it probably was wrong, bro, but to me, it's bigger issues going on in Chicago, and I know we hear all about basketball. But trust me, I won't even get into that shit, though. But, uh, hey, man, whether it was right or wrong, hey, got the right to feel that way. All right, bro. And listen, I understand everything, especially with the fact that we got bigger shit going on in Chicago, right, that deserves to be talked about at the national stage. And right now, it's about Jerry Krause, and it's unfortunate. Now, you're you're 100% right saying impact, uh, uh, the way that Michael Jordan impacts how Jerry Krause is viewed. Absolutely, right? When Michael Jordan speaks, people take that as gospel, right or wrong, right? But I, 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 I look at it like this. Did they know that Jerry Krause was going to probably get booed when you look at the 20-year anniversary problem, right? But I think also you would, you would hope that as a city, well, as a fan base, because I'm not going to blame the city on that because that's not the city of Chicago. But as a fan base, you would hope that they understood the, the importance of that moment, right? That wasn't, that was to, that was to really acknowledge what that team and Jerry Krause, who built those teams, had been able to bring to the city that same pride. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. That we look at of being Bulls fans, Jerry Krause was instrumental in that. So I get what you're saying 100% on it as far as like the MJ and the, and, and the Reinsdorf's knowing and things like that because your, your facts on that, it's just I think it's kind of disappointing because you would hope that people understood what that moment was really about. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Corn. Hey, what's up, hey, man? Um, you know, uh, let me just go ahead, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going to apologize to the fans, but I'm not, I'm not trying to talk to you this message you. Uh, I'm leaving this message for all them punk-ass motherfucking bitches that were in that stand today. Um, every single one of y'all is disgusting, pitiful, son of a bitch. Y'all pieces of fucking shit. That's exactly what the fuck you are. Pieces of fucking shit. When I sat there and saw that woman cheer up, I'm overthinking. You know what I thought when I saw that woman start crying? All the time he missed with her. All the time he missed with his family to make sure that we get six fucking championships, but you ungrateful son of a bitches. 
you ungrateful motherfuckers for to sit up there and do that shit. See, y'all don't represent us. See, you don't represent me, Hayes, and the real wolves. And y'all don't represent us. This, this, y'all don't represent the nation. Y'all don't represent the city of Chicago. Y'all make the city of Chicago right there look like pieces of shit, and they not. Y'all made it look just bad. It made us look bad. And I'm not from Chicago, but I love Chicago. I love the Chicago Bulls. I'm a bull stands for life. And like I said, that man gave me a great childhood. He gave me six championships, okay, with the best team ever, 72 and 10. And this is the fucking thanks he gets. Y'all boo his wife on the day of his honor that we should be honoring him. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. My nephew looked at me. I still sitting here watching me dad. He said, why is they booing that lady? I said, because her husband. Like, where? What? I said, her husband passed away. This is, this is. My nephew don't even know what the fuck going on. He said, that's sad. That's sad. A little 10-year-old kid to act more civilized. You punk motherfucker. Like I said, I'm sorry, Hayes. I wanted to talk about the game and all that shit, but that shit there, man, it just got my motherfucking blood boiling to motherfucking 10. The blood, sweat, and tears that man put into this motherfucking team, the time that he lost with his wife and his family to make sure that we had six motherfucking championships, and this is the fucking thanks, y'all, man. I'm sorry, Hayes. You don't even got to play this motherfucking message, man, because I know I'm probably doing too much, but I'm sorry, man. Hey. The rest of y'all motherfuckers that was in that stadium, disgusting bitches. And kind of taking the opposite uh, view of Mingo, right? No, we're not really opposite. I don't think Mingo's at any point condoning the booing because he's not doing that. But, like, I'll say this. Jerry Krause once said that he didn't care about how he was personally viewed. He could be viewed as the villain. He cared about winning t- championships. And I, I think that, that the fact that he said that, that is kind of what his legacy is. He is viewed as a villain. And it's it's unfortunate because, like I said, the thing that we have so much pride in in this in this logo right here of being the Chicago Bulls was uh, Jerry Krause was instrumental in in building that. He was instrumental in crafting that. You you and Phil Jackson said it right. I think it was Phil. Maybe it was Michael. You can't tell the story of of the NBA without mentioning Jerry Krause. You just can't. Jerry Krause was instrumental in building those teams. And yeah, he broke it apart. He was over it. He wanted Phil to be gone. He all those things are still true. But again, when you're acknowledging the, somebody's accomplishments, we can't just focus on the negative. And Jerry Krause, like I said, I think that the, the pendulum has swung so much on people just looking at what Jerry Krause did that we didn't like, that, that we forget that some of the best memories that we have as Bulls fans, Jerry Krause went hand in hand with that. That's my opinion, though. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Michael Korn. Hey, good day. Hey, it's Michael Korn here. Hey, uh, thank you uh, for eloquently speaking about the booing twits in attendance yesterday uh, at the game. The uh, You speak for me, and I'm sure certainly, you know, tens of thousands of Bulls fans, uh, and, you know, uh, saying what you did about them. Um, I want to especially say that the, uh, you were spot on in your concluding point about karma. I could tell that was going to happen with the Bulls yesterday after, you know, seeing that. Um, but uh, soulless people, uh, you know, unfortunately. Uh, but that that doesn't represent the, the great amount of support and love Bulls have and, um, you know, or, uh, Bulls fans have for their team and what they have done. Um, but anyway, speaking of basketball, though, you know, the actual 
playing what was concerning to me, what you brought up in the pod this morning is, you know, is Billy Donovan reverting uh, back to uh, what we saw earlier in the year? And, yeah, that's concerning. And I think the canary in the coal mine, if you will, is Patrick Williams. Um, I don't see him as being, like, either passive or aggressive. It, it kind of it seemed to me that he's, he doesn't know what his role is right now. Uh, you know, I can understand a fair bit adjustment, but uh, I think Billy Donovan's uh, rotations, uh, or just, he, I, it just doesn't seem like Patrick Williams knows uh, what his role on the team is. And we saw that stunted development of Kobe White for a couple of years as well, I believe. And and uh, um, it was, I think, and I'm glad uh, Zach is playing some defense. Uh, but I'll tell you, whether it's Billy Donovan's coaching uh, or just the Bulls' lack of IQ when it came to, comes to defending the pick and roll, uh, their switching is killing them. Uh, Vooch, man, he, he, he sucks on defense. I'm sorry. Uh, he, he's not a rim protector. The Bulls need rim protection. Uh, you know, that, that much is clear. And his three-point shooting is like zero for five a game. Uh, and when he does make one, it's like, it, it, it's hard to watch for me, to be honest, with him taking threes and playing. But anyway, maybe it's Billy Donovan who should have tried to, you know, either coach differently, maybe just put in some kind of a zone, or surely they had to see what was killing him on every play. Anyway, uh, uh, thanks for a great show. And again, thanks for, uh, representing my view, and I'm sure just about every Bulls fan, and you know, uh, the respect uh, for the karma of Bulls fans booing. It's real. Karma is real. Karma comes at you fast, man. But, uh, you know, we talked about a lot about the Jerry Krause thing, but as far as your Billy Donovan reverting uh, to coach in, in coaching and rotations, I, I, that's, that's a concern here, right? Because it, it's when you see this team play as a team, and that's really what helps this team win the amount of games that they have been in the, in the renewed style of playing things like that. And yes, it's still Billy's system. I, I, I you know, you want to see Billy kind of reward the hot hand more, right. And be more aware of what he has going on. And so hopefully we see that from Billy and he recognizes that as, as time goes on, let's hope at least right uh, now, as far as uh, P will not knowing his role, um, I agree and disagree at the same time. Great point, Michael corner. I'm not saying you're off of that point, but here's what I'll say. What if your role is is just to play with energy and 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 that type of thing? Like that's something that we don't. And it could be the ankle, right? It could be the ankle. But when we saw Patrick Williams playing his best over that twelve to fifteen game stretch, it wasn't like his role really changed. He was still getting ten shots a game. I don't think they were really going to. The thing that we saw from him is he was more decisive. He was taking shots quicker. He was taking players off the dribble with those same opportunities that he got, and that he was going after uh, loose balls and think oh. They was going after rebounds and things like that and getting put back. So I think that that's something sustainable in any role. And at the bare minimum, I think we need to see Pat do that consistently, right, and play that brand of defense that Pat can do. Um, but, you know, not having a clear indicative role, it does affect players, right? And so I do think if there was a pecking order and, and Pat was higher in that pecking order of getting like, you, we know you're for sure getting these 10, 11 shots every game, then maybe he would be able to kind of unlock that and be a little bit more consistent in that. Great point for Michael Korn there. Let's get into this next one. This one's from T'Challa. Yeah, this is T'Challa, the savior, calling in. And I would just like to clarify that I was talking about past seasons when I was talking about what Zach Levine did to the 76ers and, 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 and what our team do to the 
Pacers and, you know, what Nikola Vucevic do to them and stuff like that. That's where I was coming from. So um, as far as matchups and things like that, yes, we got their number. You know, um, I didn't see what we didn't did to Boston over time. And, and I look at the different matchups and stuff like that. And then I was factoring in injuries because that's a big part of the game. You can only play who's in front of you. So with that said, all I'm talking about is that we match up with a lot of teams that's in our way in the East. As long as we keep the system, the principles, pace, and all that stuff going and stay disciplined, yes, we will have a major chance. But I don't see no no more than a second-round exit this year because of the coach. I completely agree with you that, okay, Billy Donovan is a good coach. He's an okay coach, actually. Um, we need a good to great coach, and that's the problem. When you look at Eric Spostra and the Miami Heat culture, when you look at this talent that we have um, live action in on paper, our core, our three-core outshadowed Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo put together. But the thing is, they damn near bringing people in from the streets. They have good player development. They have a good fucking culture, good culture. And you see where they keep going all the way to the fucking Eastern Conference Finals and the, and the fucking Finals. The whole thing is, it's the coaching. We have the talent. We have the, uh, we have a decent system or a good system. Actually, the thing is, we don't have the right fucking coach because we have a lot of talent to match up with a lot of fucking teams. And I was so proud of what the Bulls did last night, but we just was missing that, that defensive element in that third quarter or whatever. So the whole thing is, it is a fucking coach. That's the biggest fucking thing, and it really pisses me off because we have the talent to do it. And by the, by by this point, we should be already been touched the fucking Eastern Conference Finals or Finals because of the talent and because of the shown performances of what we have. But we don't have nobody to coach the right shit because he's not a championship coach. We our max potential with this team is second round exit. Period. Because of the fucking coach. We get a good coach and we had Pop or Eric Spoelstra. That's what we would be. All right. So, okay. T'Challa, I agree. I, I've never agreed with you more. And then I felt like it started breaking apart towards the end there because you say things like, uh, well, we have a good system. Yeah, we have a good system. Billy Donovan is the one who built that system, right? And and it works for the players now. Now, it seemed breaking apart. And that's not Billy Donovan absolutely is a, is a okay. Like you said, okay, I'll still say he's a good, not great head coach, right? And just because of that, just because you're a good head coach don't means you're good for every situation. But then to say that this team should have been in the ECF by now, we don't have the talent for that. Look at the defensive liabilities that we have on this team. Look, and, 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 the, and players who just haven't been used to the moments. Like, I get it, and I get what you're saying, and that this team can definitely make some noise. But to say that we should have been in the ECF by now, have you seen the way that this team played in, in certain games and in close games? So I, I get what you're getting at, and I agree with more. I agree with about 90% of what you said, but I just think that, yes, coaching is a big part of it. And if we had a better coach, yeah, but there's a reason why the Eric Spoelstra's are rare. If we keep going and saying, well, if we had an Eric Spoelstra, we would be here. Yeah, probably. But that's why those coaches are very rare cases in the NBA, right? That's why the, the Spoelstra's, the Pops, the Phil's, the, 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 the Pat Riley's when he was coaching, right? The Ime Odokas, right? Those guys are rare across the NBA because for a reason. Right, you don't get those guys often. We got one in Phil. 
We and we had one in tips to a degree as well, right? We're probably not going to get one for another decade. It just that's just kind of the ebbs and flows of it. Like, yes, if we had one, would we be much further along? Yeah, because of the way they develop, and it sucks. But even whenever we do move on from Billy Donovan, the chances that we have a guy that's going to eventually get to that is slim to none. Now it can happen, and hopefully it does happen for us. Because when you have a coach like that, man, man, does it just make everything easier, right? All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Colin. Hey, hey, Colin. Um, listen, man, I don't know if I'm pissed because the weather, snowing outside, it's cold, it's frustrating, and after this, after this Golden State loss, I, I am, I am beyond cry. I don't think I've ever been as mad as a, at a loss this season or last season than this Golden State one. This, this one really hurt, and it really put me in a bad mood just thinking I. Obviously, everything was with fucking Jerry Krause and his wife. Horrible. I, I, it's disgusting what happened, and I and I and it sucks for me to say that we almost deserve to lose that game because of that. But I just think that we got Billy Donovan not being a situational coach, and I think that that is one of the main problems. Listen, I, there's no excuse for a team to let the Golden State Warriors shit on us like that. You can't blame it all on Billy. You can't. But you, what you can blame on Billy is the fact that he is not a situational coach. I know you talked about it in the post game, but you can't give DeMar those le- – I understand giving DeMar the last second shot because he's been there before. But you're, if you're a situational coach and you know Kobe White is hot, feed him the ball. Give him the ball. How is he going to get better if you're not giving him the ball? And that's the main thing. I'm sitting here watching – Kobe White in the fourth quarter shooting three shots? That makes no sense. You're a situational coach. You look at the recent game. You look at Kobe White's shots, and you can see that he's made more shots than DeMar DeRozan. I get it other than the fact I know Debo scored 39. Shout out to Debo. I'm not shitting on him. I am not a fan of the people saying to trade DeRozan. I don't agree. But if you're a situational coach and we go back to the game before Golden State and you're given, I could be mistaken, but the game before Golden State is when they let DeMar DeRozan shoot the final shot in the fourth quarter that would have ended, uh, got him ahead and won the game and instead they went to overtime. But it's just Billy Donovan being a situational coach is my problem. I'm sorry I'm kind of going all over the place because I'm fucking pissed. And I like it. Again, like I said, is it the snow? Is it the cold in Chicago? I don't know. But I, I love the team right now, the way that we look at most most of the time, like that first half against Golden State, I was happy moving the ball, shooting the ball. You know, like I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the team moving and playing with energy, being happy. You know, everyone's laughing, smiling. But when you get to the bottom of it, it's just ah, fuck, man. I don't. I couldn't even. And Colin left two voicemails, and he kind of clarified. But I wanted to play this one because, yeah, while it's a little rambly, it's passion in it, and I agree with that. And I think. When it comes down to it, yeah, it's great to have a team that's fun to watch. And Billy Donovan does need better situational awareness, and that, that's a great way to word it. The situational awareness that Billy Donovan lacks at times is one of the things that hurts this team the most because he just goes to what has been tried and true to a degree, but when, you go, when, it, when something becomes so tried and true, other teams pick up on it, right? And you have to be able to vary that at times to be able to get other wrinkles. Everybody knows when the Bulls go in a scoring drought, DeMar DeRozan is going to get the ball. He's going to dribble the air out of it. He's going to have 15 pump fakes. And he's probably still going to either get to the free throw line or score the bucket on you. But the fact of the matter is everybody knows that's coming now, right? And we have to find a way to to differentiate that so that we can start adding more wrinkles to that. And hopefully that's something that we do. But great voicemail from Colin. Like I said, I played this one. 
little rambly, but I got to love the passion in it, man. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod is gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail for the mailbag, number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.